Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto PGA Daily Fantasy Podcast, Going for the Green. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Colin Drew, as we are here to preview the Arnold Palmer Invitational. They play it at Bay Hill. Uh, They play it a different way every single year, depending on how they want to set it up. Uh, This year, year, though, they're setting it up like they want Rory to win. Par 72, 7,450 yards. Uh, which actually is very similar to the course they just played. Uh, Concession played par 72, shade under 7,500 yards. Uh, I enjoyed the golf course last week. Uh, They are, I I did see some chatter, Colin, did you get this of, uh, oh, what can they do? These golf courses are too easy, you know, because this concession was supposed to be tough. It was supposed to be a course that, these guys were not able to score on what Morikow won minus 16. I think we had a, you know, a car full of dudes under minus 10. So we have some of that discourse back again. Yeah. Well, if you read the pro tip, buddy, we, we told you that the winning score would be in the high teens. I think there was a lot of hype going into it. Anytime it's a new course, people definitely like to hype things up. But if you read some of the quotes from some of the guys like Paul Azinger and even some of the guys who were playing it, you know, they said, if the, elements weren't severe then these guys would be able to score and yeah i mean i think the biggest things that they can do is speed up the greens and (laughs) turn on the wind blowers right like it's obviously the the weather ends up being the biggest defense of most golf courses these days and if not that it's the courses with you know lightning fast greens that are hard to hold and and whatnot but um yeah this this course is usually one of the 10 hardest courses on tour it's got, you know, top 10, both in terms of par adjusted distance and fairway narrowness. So I think, yeah, it's not going to be, you know, an even par winning score by any means, but it should be a good golf event this week as well. Just a little bit weaker field. Yeah. And the most interesting thing about this is we have gone from having obviously a WGC, the, the strongest field you're going to get to Victor Hovland being the third highest priced golfer, uh, which fits, uh, if, if you want to talk about course fit, this fits my game poorly because basically my three favorite golfers, Rory Bryson and Hovland are the three most expensive golfers. So it's going to be a bit of, uh, of an adventure for me to make lineups this week. So just getting into these four most, oh, I guess we'll, I'll include Hatton because people, I've never been a Hatton guy, but people do love him. The five most expensive guys, Rory, Bryson, Hovland, Reed, and Hatton. Our earliest ownership projection, and I think this stuff will change a little bit, has Bryson as clearly the lowest owned amongst these guys. If Bryson holds at 13, 15% ownership, he, he's got to just be a complete and total jam, right? Yeah, and one of the things, if you look at the course fit, you know, the, the two guys, two of your boys getting the biggest course fit adjustments this week because driving distance has definitely mattered a lot and putting has mattered a lot here too, so... That's that's Bryson's music, and that, my friend, is Wyndham Clark's music. So this, I mean, if you were close last week knocking on the door with Bryson, and this week you get to play Bryson and Wyndham Clark, so it feels like it's going to be your week. I wonder if I have lost more on any outrights then it's got Wyndham Clark's got to be the guy I've lost the most money on because I believe well, you got to be he's, betting like five bucks on him because he's always yeah like yeah plus. no li- literally literally five bucks on him uh on pretty much every time he tees it up I mean I wouldn't bet him at like the heritage or whatever yeah. but um I believe his only okay yeah no he's never won but I there was there was a time he was close like he t fived or something and I didn't bet him and I'll never let that happen again um. But yeah, I mean, the, the Bryson bucket, it just makes sense. And also, 
it's people are so reactionary with Bryson. Where like, if he has a bad round, people are like, "Oh, he th- thought he solved golf." And I mean, he does have some horrible rounds because he. I mean, obviously he'll spray stuff because of how he hits the ball. But like, I don't know. I mean, do you feel differently about Bryson's long term skill set than you did six months ago? Like, I think he's still probably. I don't know, the fifth best golfer in the world, probably. Yeah, I mean, I, I would also, like, to connect it to DFS, like, he's playing these things like GPPs. Like, all the money is to first place yes, in these golf 100%. tournaments. Yeah. And he's, he's playing to win them. So if he ejects, you know, I think if you talk to him about that, he's not trying to eject, but I think he understands that that's part of his strategy. And, like, he's playing a high vol- highly volatile style of golf. And so, yeah, I'm not discouraged, really, by a bad event from Bryson. And I think the event, it looked bad on paper last week, but it was mostly one really bad round. And he, I mean, he still put up almost a hundred DK points. So it's not like his fantasy scoring was, was bad. You know, that was as almost as good as Scotty Scheffler finished tied for fifth. That's actually, um, that's actually a great point that, that like, yeah, Bryson is playing for the win equity. Like he doesn't care about like T 22 ing at, at an event. Like he, he wants to take whatever angles he needs to win. Um, all right. So Tyrrell Hatton, 10,000 above 20% owned. I mean, talk me through this. Like I just am not a Hatton guy. I mean, maybe his results are better than I'm giving him credit for, but I just have, I just, I can't ever recall, going into an event and being like super excited to, to bet Hatton. I got, I mean, shit, I got, he's fifth overall in official world golf rankings, but I don't know. It just feels like a guy I never get jazzed for. Yeah. I mean, part of it, like a lot of his best results are over in Europe. Right. Yeah. Um, but he, he, you know, his victories, I think, I don't think he, I guess he did win the API, but um, yeah, most of them have come over in Europe as well. And so I think that's this week, like maybe it'll settle down and it'll get closer to like 18%, but early in the week, you know, definitely get course history narratives. He is in good form in Europe. So I have no issues with it, but like you said, these guys are all pretty close towards the bottom. I think I pretty clearly prefer Bryson, um, Rory. And then I think Hovland up top is in as good form as anybody, both off the tee and on approach. And so you like to see that coming in and actually just in terms of Rob baselines before doing any of the adjustments, um, data golf actually has Hovland ahead of Rory, if you'd believe it. Uh, I, I mean, I don't believe it like the, I, I, yeah, I mean, obviously like I, I don't buy it, but, and, and I think our, my guess is that the V2, uh, projected ownerships will shift here a little bit, um, from yeah. Hovland and, and level that out a little bit. Seems like a horrible course for Matthew Fitzpatrick. Like you got it. You got to bomb it off the tee. It, it, it fits. If it fits Wyndham Clark, it's got to be like reverse course fit for Matthew Fitzpatrick. Well, it's putting as well. Right. So that's definitely sure. one of Fitzpatrick's greatest strengths. And, you know, he, he's just solid all around. I would say you're probably not looking at this as the, the course that's like dialed up for him necessarily. But I think, again, that's something where you're, you're like, he's finished ninth and second the last two times he has played this event. So um, yeah, the, the field is so weak that I think, you can't really overlook, you know, Matthew Fitzpatrick entirely because um, like the mid tier, you're looking at like nine K Billy Horschel type plays and you're not feeling super jazzed up about that either. So it could be a week where kind of like the stars and scrubs build feels a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely think that's true because again, you know, I, 
Hideki not playing at his best form right now feels kind of like an overpay for Sung Jay. You know, Spieth, I don't think is particularly playable. Yeah. Don't love Jason Day. The the DFS hardos, you know, obviously going to flock to Paul Casey like they always do. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely getting into Paul Casey. <laughs> Got to do it. Um, I, I for sure prefer him over Jason Day and, um, yeah, over Horschel as well. So I, I like Paul Casey a little bit. Yeah, but Hideki, man, he's going to end up being like 5% owned, but it's still just so hard to roster him because – He's still losing strokes off the tee. He's still, you know, neutral on approach. And last week, the result was a little bit better, but it was all around the green play, which, you know, isn't particularly what you're looking for when rostering Hideki Bot. So I don't know. I'm going to be struggling with the leverage play there all week. Um, definitely not super bullish on him from a raw projection perspective. Yeah, I mean, which again, though, I mean, the, the right way to play PGA DFS is like, you kind of got to zoom out a little bit and just play You got to you, yeah. you, like, you just have to set yourself up to play plays that are not owned. And like you, it's very, it's very hard to do because we, we open up the slate and we start analyzing course fit and the course and yeah. oh, recent form and everything. It's like, just, it's, it's a great reminder. This is a great reminder to myself also oh, to just like zoom out and just play good golfers who are under 10% owned, yeah. like just do that. Yeah, and that's going to be Hideki. It's going to be Jason Day in this range. Um, Tommy Fleetwood probably also going to be kind of single digits. Um, I mean, and- Horschel, dude. Horschel is is like on a sick run of form for him right now. Like he played very well at the concession last week, um, had the T7 at the Sony Open. Like he, and he obviously strung a miscut in there, but like he's playing really good golf for, for his baselines right now. Yeah, definitely. And, and, it's not all coming with the putter either, which sometimes the the runs he's had in the past, you can kind of see some of it with the putter. And so I, I do agree with, with Horschel. Um, and you're right. You know, when you're on a hot streak in PGA DFS, it's easy to like make aggressive plays on contrarian positions. And when you're going through a, a rut, then it's you're, you start settling into some bad habits. So I do think that is a good reminder for people. Yeah. Uh, then a couple of euros here. Uh, pyramid scheme week uh, Molinari there I is this Will Zalatoris ownership projection for real like I can't I obviously would love to play Will Zalatoris because that's just one of my boys now like Will Zalatoris has joined the club but I don't know if I can like because if you if you put him and Rory together in a lineup then you're talking about like you're you're looking at a like a 100% cumulative owned lineup pretty quickly yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's probably real. I guess the like Molinari would be the guy in this range that's popping as chalk, but I could see possibly not because like he's not gonna pop in projection based systems quite as much, whereas Zalatoris is, and Zalatoris is gonna pop in weighted stat models. So if you're using like data golf projections, you're gonna get some Willsy. If you're using fantasy national you're going to get some willsy and so i think that's kind of the same case as sam burns and so i'm pretty confident that in this range willsy and sam burns will be the highest rostered players yeah uh no sam burns for me i i greatly prefer will zalatoris harris english is the um bad recent form good long-term form data golf play like i i mentioned on on monday 
because uh, I just look at the data golf numbers and then I go make my bets on Monday for golf. Most And I only bet two guys this week. One of them was Willie Z. The other one was Harris English. And I tweeted that out. And literally every response was like, Harris English is, is trash. I can't believe you bet on Harris English. So that would indicate to me that uh, his DFS, <laughs> well, yes, but also that um, the reason why data golf is giving him any, a, a number that the books feel comfortable offering is because his recent form has been bad, but that also that his DFS ownership will be quite low. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got it uh, like a, a clear tier behind those guys, like flirting with 10%, but um, not too much more than that. And I think that's, that's probably the case. And uh, yeah, it's like a week where there's definitely a lot of, you know, the top like 10 or so names, maybe even less than that, maybe like through Sungjae, you, you feel pretty good about. And then you can kind of pick a couple names in each tier. But in general, I think we're seeing a week where there's not a huge degree of variance between the guys kind of in that low eight range and some of the guys in the low sevens. And so I do think, yeah, again, like the Stars and Scrubs build sets up pretty well this week. All right. Justin Rose. I mean, it is it is legitimately jarring to see Justin Rose priced it. Well, it's not that jarring. I'm I'm comfortable now uh, with Ricky not being, you know, a great golfer anymore. But it is jarring to see Justin Rose, former world number one, down to 35. And like it's not his results have been fine-ish. Uh, he played pretty poorly last week. Um, I I would probably I think I am probably going to be wanting to take a shot on him. I guess the problem you run into someone with like Justin Rose is that he's a very clickable name. Like when you're, you know, for the, for the hand build bros, like they, they feel very comfortable just clicking Justin Rose's name. Uh, well, you think they do, but I mean, yeah, last week he was the same price. He was 13% in the single entry I'm looking at. I don't know if you were thinking that's high or low. I don't, I don't think he's going to get like, that. That's, that was more than his raw projection should have indicated he would have been owned. Yeah, I think that's the case. And it's probably more than I had him projected to be owned as well. So yeah, I think you are right. Like we've got them, yeah, like 5%. I, I think they'll be higher than that. Yeah. Um, are you, does that, uh, so are you, are you into Justin Rose? I mean, I yeah, think he hasn't yeah, I, I am. played much in the US. His results in Europe have been fine, but it's, it's more or less just been like a pretty long layoff. And then last week was the first, event in the states obviously not a great showing yeah i i am interested in him at 7800 not interested in ricky um the projections will give me some tringali but at 10 to 13 percent, i'm not as interested i would prefer um i kind of like i i like siwoo kim at courses like this because when his like when his long irons are firing he's going to give himself tons of birdie chances like he's one of those guys where his approach should lend himself to either missing the cut by like six or, you know, being in contention, just kind of the way he plays. Um, Matt Jones, a data golf favorite, Emiliano Grillo, a data golf favorite, Corey Connors talking about the Wyndham Clark course adjustment. Got it. Got to factor that in for Corey Connors. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, Connors I feel like when all is said and done, he's going to end up as one of the more popular value plays, but definitely a guy projections like a lot this week. Um, and he can easily be the like, I mean, if you go Stars and Scrubs, you can put him as like the fourth golfer and your team and still have plenty to work with. So uh, a lot of appeal there. I always worry like this course 
can play pretty tough, right? It's one of the 10 toughest on tour. And I don't have any data to support it, but that always makes me a little bit concerned about Emiliano Grillo. I feel like that's where you get the straight up Grillo ejections when the putter doesn't click and of course where you need it. And so I'm probably not quite as bullish on Grillo as the projections are I for sure prefer Corey Connors between those two. And I think I'd even rather take like a chance, well, like Ben on at the discount than Grillo. Still a highly volatile play, but um, that's where I'm at right now. Luke, taking me back to 2016, Lucas lists with a double digit ownership projection. You love to see it. You love Must to see early, early week Mayo tout. Yeah, you love you love to see List uh, finding his form a little bit. Benny Ann, seventy one hundred. That's an auto play for me. Uh, would be a, a, a guy I would feel comfortable with in single entry. Same for Wyndham Clark. Same for Eric Van Royen. I love I love buying EVR in strong fields under seven thousand. And and this is only a strong ish field. You know, yeah, not like not a that strong. I it's it's strong at the top. I mean, Hovland, Bryson, just, yeah, like top eight guys are good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, but then, yeah, you get in the mid tier. I mean, like what's really the difference between some of the eight K guys and then EVR at, uh, at 6.9 friend of the podcast, Joel Damon. Do you have insight into what happened to Keith Mitchell? This, this should be the time of the year when we're starting to, we're getting our narratives about Keith Mitchell in Florida on the Bermuda grass, but his recent form is, is I, I mean, it is disgusting. He's played so bad. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what happened. I think that quality of player like that, I don't want to say like a lower tier player, but the guys who aren't in the, you know, top 20 players, top 50, even, I think that can come and go pretty quickly. And so uh, I feel like I'm, you know, usually more inclined to weigh recent form a little bit more heavily with some of those players than I am. So I'm probably not going to jump on Keith despite the, the Florida swing narratives. And um, yeah, Sebastian Munoz is one of the other guys that kind of stood out as, like the value options if you're building kind of a, a safer lineup um, this week. Um, Lucas Glover down there too. Cameron Champ. Champ played some decent golf this last week, and then he was brutal in the conditions on Sunday. I think he shot five over on Sunday at uh, at the concession. He, he's like, if you, I, I don't do this a whole lot, but if you were going to go like correlated lineups and hope that the course fit holds or you know, plays more extreme. Um, yeah. He was another one of those guys. It was like Cameron Champ, Wyndham Clark, Bryson. Like those were guys that had, you know, obviously way different skill between those players, but had similar traits that overlapped as far as the course fit. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you for sure. Um, Dylan Fratelli, I think yeah. is, so that, that is was playable. Like the guy. I was like, oh, you know, you, you could definitely play Dylan Fratelli at 6,500. Um, and I don't feel a whole lot different him at 6,500 and some of the guys in the seven K range. What about, uh, what about former daily fantasy golf hero, doc Redman? I, I, it's not quite, I guess his form hasn't been quite as extreme as what you're talking about with like Keith Mitchell, but, uh, but, another, but pretty bad compared to what he was doing last year. Yeah. Like another one where it's like easy to, I don't know. It's easy to remember, when he was on that epic run of like TD green play, but like that's not happening right now. And, uh, and it could be wrong. Like I haven't like tested the theory, but I feel like I'm more inclined to buy into long-term form on like the class golfers and short-term form on some of the more gimmicky golfers. Um, yeah. 
no, I'm, I think that makes, I think that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I, I do think that for single entry and three max this week, you can kind of test some stars and scrub stuff. Cause we're not seeing a big like, difference yeah. in projection between the, the seven K guys and the eight and a half K guys really. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would say like Rory Sabatini at like 6.3 um, was kind of the cheapest guy that caught my eye. Him and Fratelli felt like guys, I wouldn't be uncomfortable really playing. And I, I think that the form isn't elite for either of them, but I don't think like Sabatini hasn't been bad and Fratelli, we just haven't seen a lot of. Yeah. Um, all right. Betting this week. Um, it's rough. I, I made two bets. Willie Z at 50 and Harris English at 60. I'm tempted to bet Bryson at 13. Uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook has him at 13. But I just, I don't know. It's like, because I don't really want to root against Rory because I'll probably play Rory in DFS. And so, I, I don't know. Like, I... I this feels like an easy week. Like, you love Bryson. Data Golf's way smarter than you are at creating golf yeah. projections. And they're saying it's plus EV. So, like, those two things go together. I feel like... It's kind of embarrassing that you haven't already made the bet. Yeah. All right. You know what? Let's just go. Let's let's do a little. We'll do. Well, you know what? We're even gonna go. We're gonna do a full unit. We're gonna go. We're gonna go twenty five on Bryson. I like it. Got to do it. And I assume. I assume you just auto bet Wyndham Clark too. Oh yeah. I I actually I haven't put that on the card yet, but there we go. There we go. Another losing bet on Mister Windham Clark. Bets are booked. We are in on Bryson, Willie Z, Harris English, and Wyndham Clark. Yeah, I, I did uh, some bad stuff and one done last week and tried to tried to bag a win with DJ and <laughs> bag like his worst finish that he'll have. Dude, I am getting. Uh, we are running this stupid daily roto subscribers only PGA one and done, and I am getting body bagged. I'm like in last place. It's awful, dude. It this is, is unbelievable. <laughs> Oh, I, I mean, I haven't used, I haven't, I think I used Rom last week though, who got like 45th or something. So I leveled, I leveled myself there. Not, not what you want to see. So this, uh, I should check if I've used him or not before I tout it, but yeah, Hovland would be one of the guys I consider this week. This, this feels, this feels like the obvious Hovland spot. Cause you're not going to use Hovland at a major semi-week field. He is way up there in the betting markets. I mean, he's the same number as Bryson in the betting markets. Um, I feel like I have to do something dumber, though, because I feel like he's got to be popular reasonably for one and done, right? Like Rory yeah. Bryson, Hoblins, and I'm just getting buried. So I feel like I need to do something dumber and, like, roll Hideki. I mean, what about what about Hatton? Or Fitzpatrick. I, I, feel, like, I feel like Hatton will not be super popular yeah. this week. That would be a yeah. good one, too, because – Either Hatton and Fitzpatrick, they're not playing. I guess they're playing a little bit heavier schedules than maybe they used to, especially Fitzpatrick. But yeah, they are splitting with the Europe stuff as well. So um, that's definitely a good angle. Yeah. Um, all right. That should do it for us here today at the show. Um, we will be back next week with more Daily Fantasy Golf Chatter. Definitely make sure to head over to dailyroto.com to get access to the projections and the uh, optimizer. And uh, yeah, good luck this week, guys.